Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, and good morning on this chilly, chilly Saturday morning in February 2023. I'm talking with Ted Dixon from Dixon & Associates, a, an employee benefits firm in Duxbury, Massachusetts. Again, thank you for being here this morning. Appreciate that. Happy to be here. Thank you. All right, and uh, we're talking about primarily about life insurance, folks. And uh, we've been skipping around, but uh, we covered the last half an hour, so most of the basics about term insurance. We're going to spend some time on whole life insurance this half hour. And I'm not sure where we're going after that, but we'll figure it out as we go along here. Two kinds of insurance, folks. Actually, 700 kinds of insurance, but two basic kinds. And uh, if you missed the last half hour, you'll just have to catch us on the website in terms of the show. But anyway, so how about a crash course on life insurance and keep it simple. We don't want to get into all the different flavors of that because it would take, what, six days to do a show on that probably or what? Lots of eyes glazing over. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, keep it simple. We discussed term insurance and then whole life, often referred to as permanent insurance. And Mike, you talked about you need to account for what happens if I pass, but also what happens if I live. Yep, offense, defense. Offense, defense. So the life insurance companies and their smart people, they said, we can create a product that covers both. Aha. Uh-huh. So you you end up with a life insurance policy, a death benefit. If you pass, your heirs are going to get a certain amount of defined money. But it comes with what's a cash value on the side. And it can be invested in numerous different ways. And you talk enough yeah. about investment. Yeah. We can yeah. really, you can go down that road if you like. But for nope. the most part, the insurance company is taking a portion of your money and putting it towards the death benefit. And then they take another chunk of that money and they put it towards an investment vehicle that is going to build up cash. All right. Time. So wait a minute. So I already know this is more expensive than term because they have the, they have to cover my death experience on one side. But if they're going to build a little cash pot for me, it's going to cost me at least up front a bit more money to do that. Is that correct? Exactly. I didn't say it was more expensive. I just said it might cost more. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. You've been doing this for a while. more valuable. There you go. So, so the, the, the upside worth, right? to that, yeah. the upside is, okay, the, here is a product, we talked about term, where you spend money for 10 years and if you don't die, you get nothing, like your homeowner's insurance. Yep. This is more of a financial vehicle where you're saying, okay, I would like to have a cash value in this product um, t- 10, 15, 20 years from now, if I'm still alive. So like a money market fund that sits inside there, basically. Correct. Right? Okay. And it can be as, as simple of an investment vehicle as a money market fund yeah. or as complicated as they call it a variable permanent life insurance policy where a chunk of your money is actually in the markets. Yeah, that's interesting. In the investment world, I talk about boxes and investments, okay? So inside that life insurance policy, there's a box for money, okay? And the investments that can go in that box 
blocks are multi and varied, but we're going to keep it on just a pretend it's a money market fund that generates some interest, at least for the basics. Okay. All right. So I get this policy. I've got my coverage. Okay. So let's go back to that 34 year old who bought the term insurance for 300 bucks for a year for a million dollars. Okay. Nobody's going to hold you to this, but. Give us a rough idea of what a whole life policy would cost and how that would work. Okay, so now she may say, her advisor may tell her, we're going to use this same life insurance policy as an investment vehicle for you. And instead of $300 a year, it's going to, you're going to put in $3,000 a year. Ah, uh-huh, all righty. However, over time, and you know this as a financial advisor, that is not a great investment if you're saving money for a new car five years from now or to put your kid through college six years from now. It's a fantastic investment. If you are, if she is planning for her 65th birthday, she's 35 now. Yep. She's going to put $3,000 a year away into her life insurance policy. And what happens at age 65, and statistically, she's going to live to 65. Yep. But now at age 65, she has, she still has, she probably has more than a million dollars because that money is also part of that is often going to increase the death benefit over time. But she may have said, yep. let me solve only for a million and put the rest I want to solve for cash accumulation. All right. All right. So let's stop there. Great. Thank you. So let's see. I've got $3,000 going in there. Did you say 3000 versus 300 Yeah. That's right. If it really cost me 300 to be insured. I guess I'm saving about 2700 There's a few other pieces involved, folks, but we're just doing some basic math here. So there's 2700 bucks a year. That's in that box, and you can do s- different stuff with that box. Is that correct? That's exactly all right. right. All right. Okay, so how about you take a moment or two for two or three of the options about that box? Okay. Keep it in cash to keep it simple. Yeah, okay. so ca- just a, a market account. Account. Yeah, yeah, I got interest at 3000 bucks. Let's use 3% interest today. Okay, that's 90, 90 bucks a year Okay, of interest that that policy would generate. What do we do with that? Lots of stuff, right? You can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, as, a, as an employee benefit advisor, yeah. we use life insurance as a retirement tool all the time for our employers. Let's say an employer, a 401k doesn't work very well for them because they she owns a restaurant and the employees are coming and going all the time. So oftentimes for various reasons, a 401k is not the most appealing for that restaurant owner. Okay. She, When she's 35, she's going to say, I'm going to do a life insurance insurance policy, and then I'm going to use that as a retirement vehicle. So at age 65, and this is a really neat retirement vehicle, it's built up enough cash. So now I can borrow against the life insurance policy. And she takes out sums of money. We talked about an annuity. She uses it like an annuity. She says to the insurance company, send me $50,000 a year so I don't have to continue working. And what's neat about that is it works almost like a Roth IRA. She's getting that money tax-free, that 50000 tax-free, because it's a loan against her life insurance policy. Okay. All right. So in this example, <clears throat> we took the interest from the money and the 2700 but gets a little bit more complicated than that, folks. But we took the interest from the money and the money that went in the account every year, we reinvested it to make that pot bigger for a retirement vehicle. Okay. Exactly. And while you were doing that, it was... 
tax deferred. That's right. Okay. And then in retirement, you can take it out, but it's a but you borrow against it. That's you're right. What's a what's a downside of that? Before we get any further on that, so it sounds terrific. Yeah. What's the catch? The catch is that your life benefit, the death benefit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is going to start coming down because you're borrowing against the money in the vehicle. So okay. that's going to decrease. But that doesn't matter if you're retired and collecting income, basically. Right. Okay. And and, and and let's face it, at age 65, she needs less life insurance than she did at 35. Kids okay. are probably grown and gone. So the need for the death benefit has decreased. So she's not too worried yeah, we about decreasing. We went from defense that. to offense, basically. Okay. So in that example, I get that. Okay. So in a second example, the money that goes in, let's just stick with the 2700 I know as you get older, the 300 costs. Folk, folks, don't hold us. We're just rounding off here. But so the premium that goes in there that doesn't cover for the insurance, okay, you can put it in that cash account. Or you can buy more insurance with that, too. Is that correct? Or you buy more insurance with the dividend. Explain other options to buy more insurance with that money, okay? Yeah, you bring up a great point, Mike, and you have to, again, going back to the honest conversation with yourself. Yeah. yeah. When you're putting a product like this together, do I want to solve for death benefit? Yeah. Or do I want to solve for cash? Yeah. Okay. Offense or defense Offense or some some mixture in the middle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're tweaking that dial as you go. Okay. But typically when you put the policy in place, so for that 35-year-old restaurant owner, I'm probably convincing her you want to play offense with yeah. this. Okay. We can cover, we, we might have that little term policy on the side, which is your defense, is your protection. Okay. But let's use this vehicle as a real good offensive weapon. Okay. And it's almost like a, a, a Roth IRA. Okay. Okay. So she is put, she has to pay taxes on the premiums yep. that go in, yep. but it's growing without tax consequences. Yep. And if she does it properly at the end, she can pull that money out without tax consequences. So in that case, the death benefit stays the same yeah. and all the money that's being generated buys retirement type of stuff. That's right. Got it. Which okay. solves for cash. Now, there might be somebody else. He's he's in his, he's a restaurant owner in his 50s and he's saying, geez, I have a disabled child yep. and I really need a permanent policy that is, I'm not going to be able to afford the insurance that I need in my 70s and 80s. So I want to solve, I want to use the cash in this policy to solve for death benefit. Okay. So he's playing more defense than, than she is. So the, I think the point is, and that's probably, we don't want to get into too many more or variation, but the point is that if you have a whole life policy, the money that you put in there, you have some choices that you can make about how that works for you in addition to the life insurance. Exactly. Okay. Okay. How do you have that discussion with folks? You want to have, pretend somebody is listening to us right now and you were to explain what to do with that. Go for it. Yeah, so here we go with very personal questions to come to a very impersonal conclusion if you will. So you need to know things like what is your personal situation? Do you have people who are going to be dependent on you right till the very end? Or do you have a a tax consequence that you need to account for? In the state of Massachusetts, for example, we know about the federal estate tax, which doesn't apply to most of us because the thresholds are so high. But a lot of people don't know that if you're a Massachusetts resident, estate tax starts at, for a couple, any assets over $2 million. So if if you're a business owner, many business owners are in that category. And so you have to have that honest conversation with yourself. Okay, when my spouse and I pass, we're going to be leaving these assets to our children. They're going to owe the state of Massachusetts some money. 
16% on anything above and beyond $2 million. So you have a permanent life insurance need if you choose if you, to you want to be real nice to your kids yeah if you want to yeah, <clears throat> yeah. if you okay. want to cover that tax bill for your kids yeah. so that's a conversation and it's yeah. a personal conversation so you might look at me and say <laughs> my kids are getting you know, <laughs> yeah they're getting 84 percent. they can pay the 16 <laughs> okay you don't need life insurance and but they if don't you're care about person. the taxes they pay either yeah. by the way okay uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, but you might say no i do not want my heirs to have to unload two pieces of property to cover the massachusetts tax bill i'd rather th- them be liquid and okay. Yeah, so you really, okay, so you have options that hopefully folks sit down and explain to you about before they tweak that. Is it relatively the norm now, again, that when you buy a whole life policy, a plain vanilla one would be to put it in an interest-bearing account and take the interest and buy more life insurance. Is that like a normal, the pay, the dividend? <laughs> Explain that just a bit. That's the way most of them, it's most, the most common use. Did I say that correctly? Or That's exactly right. So if you're going to, if you're a person who says, I need a permanent life insurance policy, no matter when it is that I go, I, my heirs are going to need some liquid cash available yep. to them. You're going to buy a permanent life insurance policy and that by its very nature is going to need a cash value component to it. Okay. okay. So, your, your, the product is designed so that at age 50, let's say you buy one of these at age 50, at age 50, if you're putting in $1,000 a year into this product, maybe $400 is going to buy the actual death benefit and $600 is being invested. Yeah, okay. But now by the time you're 70, maybe 800 of those dollars is going to the, the death benefit. Okay. 200 is going to the cash value. Got it. And the insurance company has tried to design this in a way in which you can invest at that level thousand dollars and keep that same death benefit okay now the danger to this and this is this happened to a lot of people who bought these products in the 1980s a permanent life insurance policy that was purchased in the 1980s now the interest rates at that time were sky high and they the insurance companies had to go on based what was what they knew. There's projected versus guaranteed when they come to talking about your money, right? That's uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So there are a lot of these policies, people who were 50 in the 1980s yeah. and now are in their 80s and 90s and they're getting a call from the insurance agent saying, if you want to keep this amount of death benefit, yeah. you're going to have to up the premium a little bit because we underestimate it. Yeah. So that does happen. Okay. Okay. Let's see. What did, this is good. Okay. We see people on all stages of their life, but for the folks who are about to retire, a bunch of them have a whole life insurance policy or two in place. I'll just we'll just use one for an example, <clears throat> and it's a cash value policy. And the typical ben, I'll do an, a typical death benefit would be like a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and there might be forty or fifty or sixty thousand dollars of cash. Okay, in that investment. Okay, okay. As financial planners, we, by the way, we do, when we create a plan for people, we kill them off the day after they retire just to make sure they have enough insurance anyway. But bottom line is that for folks for whom this policy might not be absolutely necessary. There there are some options, okay, that, that you have with that, okay? I don't think in my lifetime I've ever told anybody 
to throw away a whole life insurance policy with cash value, but there are some things you can do with that, and maybe it might take longer than the two or three minutes we have in this section, but okay, uh, lots of times, these are just observations from my point of view, I'll see some folks who retire, and they might have a bunch of money in a retirement plan, but they might only have five or $10,000 in their emergency reserves, but they might have $30,000, $40,000 in cash in that life insurance policy, and so one of the things that one of the purposes that could serve for some folks is like back up to an emergency reserves account because you can get at that money. You can either borrow it or you can cash it out and pay a few bucks in taxes or whatever. So I think that's cool to have a little backup for, for some people who don't have enough liquid cash in retirement. Hey, hang on to that. Go from there. You found the one person that was happy that they yeah. bought a permanent yeah, life yeah, insurance yeah. Well, policy well, when they no, were 35. No, there's a few. There's a yeah. few. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that happens sometimes. Okay. But lots of times the folks that we're talking about and we're pretty comfortable about whether they need insurance or not and how much it is because we do the math on all sides of the equation. And maybe that $100,000, they don't need it, but you don't want to throw it away. But maybe they don't want to pay the premium anymore. Or maybe So ex- explain that option about how that works, okay? People look at me and say, oh, I look at these people and I say, look, so you got $100,000 of life insurance. Congratulations. You need it like a hole in the head. Congratulations. You know, there's forty or $50,000 in here. You need that like a hole in the head. Congratulations. You won. Okay, you got enough money. You played enough offense. Your 401k, your retirement plans are just fine. Okay, it would be dumb to close out this policy. But you're also writing a check for 1200 bucks a year to add to something that you don't need to add to. So take it away. Is this like a softball or what here? I love it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Mike, stop <laughs> cutting that check for $1,200. <laughs> and just let that $40,000 of cash value pay the life insurance policy for as long as it can. Okay. And now you're ahead $1,200 a year and you continue to have $100,000. And ask the insurance company. So, by the way, hopefully not too many insurance folks get nervous when you ask them that question. But what, so if I didn't send any more money, okay, how long would the policy last? How much would I have? And it would give you a projection and it would be project forecasted but guaranteed, right? You would know if you stopped paying how long? Let's see. I know I'm going to die in 12 years. Okay. And in 12 years, what's this look like? So the policy, the life insurance would continue. Explain how that works. Okay. So the, the, there's enough, I guess there's enough interest generated by the policy to pay the premium. So it just stays in force. That's right. Okay. And they're going to, the life insurance company is going to get back to you and say, okay, here's the guarantee. You don't put another dime into this. Yeah. You don't send us any more money. Yeah. We guarantee that you're still going to have $100,000 up until this Yeah, date. I can pick a date. I'm going to yeah. die this time. Or and oh, by the way, <clears throat> if things continue the way they are, yeah. in other words, the interest rate and the investment environment remains like it has over the last 30 years, yeah. this is what we project, you, it, which is going to be different than the guarantee. Yeah, but it's okay. going to be a little bit longer that okay. you'll have that $100,000. Okay, okay. Uh, and there's also, okay, how about a quick reduced paid up life description before we take a break? How's that sound? Reduced paid up life. All right, go for it. Yeah, okay. so you could say, I don't need 100000 Use my 40000 to give me... Bye-bye. Uh, with, with you yeah. can basically ask the insurance company, yeah. okay, so I don't want to send you any more money, okay? I know there's 40000 bucks in here. I know that if I keep paying, the 100 will stay in place. But if I just don't send you any more money and stop paying, how much life insurance can I buy down? So it's a smaller amount, sure. but you can hang on to it forever. Your, your guarantees will be long. I think that's a terrific option for a whole lot of people to do that, okay? The people that you just described yeah. are 
Yeah. Okay, I don't really need it, yeah. so, but I don't want to send any more money. But it, okay, I'll have something. Yeah. And so that the whole point I want to make is that when you do the whole life insurance policies, if you still have them towards the end, it's not like they waste away. There are a few things to do. By the way, after the break, I'm getting really too excited here now. But after the break, there there's some. I'm not sure if you're familiar in what degree you get involved, but there are some life insurance policies that you can convert to like a long-term care supplements or oh, your smile and that going to be fun or let's what? go okay <laughs> so, so folks <clears throat> another thing that you could do with an existing policy or perhaps even buy a new one and uh, on the whole life side is in, maybe it's just not about dying when you collect some money sort of a thing so I, th- there are some really cool products out there that are look at that tell tim am i on a roll here this two morning two. this is scary okay folks don't get excited too much but we'll be right back This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show and the Merrimack Valley. I'm so old I say that once in a while. Sorry about that, folks. Anyway, we're talking with Ted Dixon from Ted Dixon from Dixon and Associates, a an employee benefits firm in Duxbury, Massachusetts. And we've been kind of running around with life insurance and a few other things. We just finished up mostly a discussion about uh, term insurance and whole life insurance, and hopefully the base have been helpful for the folks listening to the show. But I want to spend a little time, one of the kind of cool uses for whole life insurance, which has evolved over the last while, is that you can actually now purchase life insurance policies that not only could reward else when you die, but could pay for some long-term care costs along the way. So it's a still in the infancy stages, I think, in terms of development. But to take it away. I'll, uh, you can spend as long as you like on this subject. I think it's pretty cool. So go for it. Sure. <laughs> so most of us have probably come to had a long-term care hit us in the face in one, one form or fashion. Yep. And a lot of people say, and we do sell pure long-term care insurance. And when I have that conversation with folks, it blows them away. Oh, it's oh, yeah. expensive <clears throat> stuff. Oh, yeah. But all you have to do is think about the cost of yeah, what's assisted living yeah. nursing a, nur- a, a decent room in a nursing home these days if you're a, if you're paying and the state of Massachusetts is not paying yep. it's going to run you 12 to $14,000 a month so when you buy insurance to pay that's you're just prepaying for that room in a <coughs> nursing home now a lot of folks out there say what if i don't end up in a nursing home and now i've paid all those premiums for nothing and that's what got people so frustrated with pure long-term yeah. care insurance and so the insurance companies have invented what you were talking about yeah. which is a hybrid but so who needs long-term care insurance Cause like i said a lot of people think when you think about nursing home the state of massachusetts is going to pay for that if you have yeah, even though it's a blue state that's not <coughs> happening that's okay. right yeah. if you have no assets to speak of and you need nursing home, yeah, the state of Massachusetts is going to pay. But what the state of Massachusetts is not going to pay for anybody is assisted living. So most of us need assisted living before we need nursing home. And they might take you home if they decide to pay, folks. That's a possibility yeah. as well. Yeah, they can. it can happen at your house, too. You can get some care there. But again, if you don't have many assets to speak of, 
yeah, the state of Massachusetts is going to cover that for you. On the other end of the spectrum, if you have oodles and oodles of assets and money and you can afford to cut a $14,000 a check month, a $14,000 check each month and have it not even really can, make a ding. I'm kind of nervous to even say that. Yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make a ding in your, your situation. You don't really need long-term care insurance either. Yeah. If you're in the middle, if you have some assets that you'd like to pass on to your heirs that you'd like to keep for your family and you can't really just cut a check. You really need to think about a product that helps you pay for long-term care and the entire spectrum of long-term care from coming to the house twice a week to cook a meal and help you with your medications right through to that nursing home. Yes, a hybrid product that is a life insurance product where the insurance company says, hey, you can use up to 4% of the death benefit each month to pay for assisted living, home care, or a nursing home. That's pretty neat. So it can help or it could do the whole thing depending on how much money we're talking about. Right. And again, that conversation that you have in the beginning, how much do I... How much help do I want from this policy? Yeah. Is that 4% of the death? That's, of that's the 4% death of the death, the death benefit. benefit. Yeah. 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 And again, it, that, that's pretty neat because one of the complaints, particularly for men, right? Men say, I'm just going to keel yeah. over and well, die. I'm, we're indestructible. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Okay. Well, at least you have the life insurance that you can pass on to your heirs, even if you never had somebody come to take care of you or you never spent a day in the nursing home. This has been yeah. worth it. Yeah. On the other side of it, if you do need it, you've got that protection of the long-term care and you're not, you're not borrowing against your house to pay off the nursing home. Yeah, folks, what I'm putting my certified financial planner hat on. Uh, what's interesting about this to me is that, yes, there's pure long-term care insurance, and the costs are not inexpensive. It, it, and the answer is it depends. But personally, I own the coverage, and I bought it when I was 61 or 62. I had to wait a year until after a, a cartilage knee operation to get cleared for this, by the way. It, it irked me to no extent. But anyway, carried it personally. It's just about 5000 bucks a year. That's a lot of money, folks. And unfortunately... A significant portion of the folks listening to the show and across the country that wouldn't work in their budget if they were planning to retire to or whatever. It's just, it is expensive and unaffordable for most people, which I think is unfortunate. And so the appeal of the insurance companies stepping into this game is that, you know what, there's a, there's maybe some help in regard to doing that on their own sort of a thing. So if you don't have the wherewithal to write a check for three or four or five or six thousand dollars a year, or maybe more per person, okay, and that's a lot of folks, okay, I'm excited about these death benefits. Use it for long term care. So give us an example or walk through. How about if you bought a new one or you, can you convert an existing one? Or how, Tell me, what, how do you want to approach this so that people can understand how it works? Okay. So, so, so yeah, people should really, people in their, I don't think 40s is too early to start thinking about this. Yeah. People in their 40s, 50s. They're certainly, certainly not 60s. worried about it yet, but maybe they start thinking about yeah, it. Right? Because yeah, because let's face it, it's less expensive for you to buy yeah. it then yeah. than it is. When, when you don't need it. Again, the, <laughs> the insurance companies want to charge a lot of your garages on fire. Right. You want insurance. I understand. Yeah, it's really a new policy, Mike. If okay. you really truly it's a want new one. Okay, a, yeah. a, right. a long-term care provision in there. However, okay. anybody out there who has a life insurance policy has what's called an accelerated death benefit is a component to all life insurance policies. And what that says is if you are diagnosed as 
terminal, I think the number is 24 months. So okay. a doctor has said you have less than 24 months to live. You can call your life insurance company and say, okay, I've got a million dollars of life insurance. I would like to access half of that money to pay for my nursing in my hospital. Just learned something today here. Yeah. Cool. All right. What's that called again? It's called an accelerated death benefit. And is that in place on most policies? I Many? have. I've been doing this for 20 years, yeah. and there, there isn't a policy that I've sold over those 20 okay. years that does not have okay. an accelerated death benefit. Okay. A component to it. So can that be used for long-term care? Or No, no. that's just for if you're terminal and you're done in two years, basically. Cor- correct. Okay. All right. Um, but but and you a, can use it, yeah. and we've had people use it for the nursing and hospice, obviously. Yeah, sure. We've had people don't need to go into a nursing home, but they, they don't have long to live. They go yeah. on a cruise around the world with yeah. their spouse. You okay. can use it for whatever you want. Okay. And every oh, life oh, insurance okay. There's no strings to that. Home. You can just say, send me the money, basically. That's right. Okay. So That's is that right. for the whole death benefit, part of the death benefit? Typically half. Typically half. Okay. Typically half okay. the death benefit. So that's a basic standard in most life, whole life insurance policies. It is. Now, let's, you also have some, and we're talking, so we're trying to encourage folks to think about this before and think about your long-term care before. before the garage goes on the, fire. Before the garage goes on fire. Yeah, okay. There, there's also flexibility in your life insurance policy, and these are all life insurance policies that people have out there. It's what's called the, and it's a big business, it's called the viatical business, where a company will actually come to you and say, Mike, we will buy your life insurance policy for X amount of dollars. It's spooky. Ah. So now yep. you are selling your life insurance policy. Now that company becomes the beneficiary. The beneficiary. You're still the insured, but yep. you're they become the beneficiary. They also become the owner yep. of the policy, and the owner controls the <clears throat> policy. Um, now, if you are a healthy 35-year-old with a 10-year term policy, you're not going to get a lot of money for that policy. Yep. Got it. But <clears throat> if you're in your... 50s and 60s, and maybe you have a term policy. You, you, remember we talked about conversion privilege? Yeah. Now you're in a discussion with that viatical company, and they're going to want you to convert that policy and that to permanent yeah. because that obviously extends the time that... Yeah. And you can imagine, again, it's just math. Right? Yep. They're going to give you a chunk of money because they know, okay, we're going to give Mike, if he has a million-dollar policy, we're going to give him... Three hundred grand. We're going to pay two hundred thousand dollars in premiums over the next. He's going to live. They do the numbers. Yeah. He's going to live. We'll 10, make our money years. at the end, and we can do that. Yep. Okay, basically. So okay. you have some flexibility there. If, okay. if your garage yeah. is on fire, and good you, to know these. You to pay for some nursing or something yeah. else. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So on the long term care. So let's go back to that. So okay, you're forty years old. You want to buy a million dollar life insurance policy, and I might use it for long term care. Mm-hmm. Give us a ballpark about what a premium would be and how that would work. Yeah, so sure. we started with the 10-year level term that's going to cost $300 a year. Yeah, let's keep um, that 34-year-old in place here. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and then the, the the permanent life insurance policy that solves for either cash yep. or a death benefit for $3,000 okay. a year. so you're okay with that? That policy that comes with the long-term care rider is going to be more on the latter. It's okay. going to be maybe not entirely $3,000 a yeah, year, but yeah. they, it, for the most part, that's what you're talking about. Okay. Because yeah. remember, you're, you're buying a permanent solution now. You're not talking about, okay, I want to cover the risk of me dying when my kids are young. <clears throat> yeah. it, that's okay. a different game than yeah. I want to prepay for my potential assisted living okay. and long-term care down okay. the line. Okay. And there's no strings attached to that money when you need it, basically, right? Or, or are, is there? So the typical long-term care contract yeah. says that there's five functions of daily living yeah, that, you gotta, that you need. And yeah. when you lose 
two or more of those, yep. you qualify for your long-term care benefit. Works the same way in the insurance policy then. Got it. That's right. Okay. All right. That's nice to know. Okay. So this has been fun. Time flies. By the wow. way, your wife called. She said you should give out your phone number and your business. So go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mike. <laughs> and thank you for being here. Buddy. Yeah. If folks have questions, whether you're an employer or just an individual and you have questions about any of this life insurance, <laughs> feel free to give us a call at 781 934 0648. That's the number for Dixon Associates. Say it again because we don't have the bouncing ball on the TV. Okay, go ahead. 781-934-0648. You can certainly visit our website at uh, dixon-associates.com. And it's D-I-X-O-N. It's a dash, not an underscore, associates.com. All right. It's a nice, pretty website. And remind me to ask you that just before we sign off. Okay, you got free reign here. What, what do you want to chat about? Do you want to talk about this, that, and the other thing? What's your pleasure here? I wrote a book about health insurance last year. I left you a copy last year, oh. but you were in Florida. Ah, I probably didn't read it. I should have brought you another okay. one. Okay, all right. <laughs> Go for it. So we talked in the beginning of the, the show about the simplest, the most refreshing product that I deal with is level term insurance because it's a basic contract between you and an insurance company. Most folks out there are probably very frustrated by how their health insurance works. And it's no doubt, for example, since I got in the business in the early part of this, at that time, a family premium for health insurance was about $500 a month. Pretty expensive. We paid five bucks to see the doctor, maybe $50 for a birth. My family premium is now $2,500 a month. And you're in the business. And for I'm the yeah. Yeah. With a $5,000 deductible, Wow. we pay $5,000 before the insurance company pays anything. Wow. That's a monster increase. $30,000 a year, folks, in and case you're doing the math. Holy moly. And I work hard. I've tried to keep up and keep my income going up, but it has not gone up by that percentage yeah. since the year. 2000, and I would venture to guess that 99% of your listeners have not had that kind of an increase in their income over that time. Yep, that's for sure. You look at the publicly traded health insurance companies, and their stock price has gone up by 300% since 2010. There there was an interesting deal made. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah, interesting deal made in 2010 between the Obama administration and Congress and the insurance companies. And I would just say, think about the pool in someone's backyard. The government said to the insurance companies, you know what, you have to let anybody into that pool. And you can't ask them any questions. We were talking about there aren't those 10 stadiums. We don't want to qualify anybody. We don't want to underwrite anybody. We don't want to underwrite anybody. So that's a good thing for a lot of people who couldn't qualify for health insurance. Except there's some money involved someplace to do that, right? Yeah. The deal with the insurance companies that they made is they said, hey, we're going to make you guys the chlorine salesman. You're going to be the chlorine. You're going to sell chlorine into these pools. (laughs) So as the water gets dirtier and they need more and more chlorine... No, sell them more chlorine. We're good with that. So that's why those stock prices have gone up. That's why your premiums have gone up. So there are a number of benefits consultants around the country who have said, we're in business to help people. And we're walking into these businesses and saying, it's here's getting a, harder and harder to do. Basically. Here's a 10% increase. Yeah. And you've got to tell your employees more money's coming out of their paycheck. You don't have paying the bulk of the premium. So I'm just taking a big chunk out of your budget to give these people raises. And oh, by the way, 70% of bankruptcies in this country now are people who have health insurance yeah, through wow, work, wow. but they have medical bills that they can't afford. Wow. That's 70% of our bankruptcies. So wow. this is a yeah. serious problem. That you can't solve. We can. We can. Okay. We can. And we can solve it through technology. We can. Technology now can see if 
WATD has a health insurance policy with 10 people on it with yep. Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Yep. Call Blue Cross and Blue Shield and say, what did we get for the $100,000 that we sent you last year for our health insurance? You think Blue Cross and Blue Shield is going to tell you what how, that is? How much money they had to spend, basically? Is what, yeah. yeah, probably not. No, yeah. it's not in their interest to tell you. But we have the technology now to do that. And you should, you should be asking your benefits consultant, <clears throat> I want you to be able to tell me exactly what our group of 10 costs for health insurance last year and what we should be paying in the next year. Now, once I give you that information, there's a mindset change, right? Okay. Because I'm going to say to you... I might go shopping now, basically. But here's the mindset that most of us have been... It's it's like a, the, the Stockholm Syndrome, right? Yeah. When I tell you, Mike... You sent Blue Cross Blue Shield $100,000 last year. Your health care coverage for, the, for your, the people on your plan, it really only costs seventy. There's $30,000 of overspend there. Would you like to go get it? Yeah, I'd like to go get that. I have to move you from Blue Cross Blue Shield. Oh, uh, no way. <clears throat> Not okay. going to do it. Okay. So, that's, so that it fosters competi- it'll foster competition. But So Blue Cross is a great name. Yep. They have a great network. Yep. Are they on your side? Are they helping you out? So I would like to peel apart your health plan. So the competition has, stu- with the technology, it's brought on the competition. So you're still working your way through that, and now you have to... We're in the infancy. Yeah. Well, I never heard of these guys versus the brand I know, basically. Is that where it's... So, so how about yeah. we rent the Blue Cross yeah. Network, but not send them our premium, 100% of our premium dollars? Yeah. Okay. How about we rent the Cigna Network or the United Network? Cigna and United, they're known for their networks. They're not very well known for customer service. Yeah. Okay. Anybody who uses them yeah. as an insurance company. Yeah. What if we used... A professional administrator who has access to the Cigna network, so all of your employees, they're not getting the hairy eyeball when they go to the doctor's office, right? The doctor's office, oh, you're with Cigna, okay. But we use an administrator that now allows us to do things like tell Mike what an MRI costs at Shields versus going into Beth Israel for that same MRI. Okay. Give you that information before you go. Okay. And oh, by the way, allow you to pay for that MRI using your phone at Shields, we're going to directly supply Shields with the money from your employer-sponsored health care plan to Shields and waive your deductible. So how far along is this little revolution going? Or how, where are you on that? About six or seven years in. Okay. Very slow to pick up here in the New England area. Versus, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, for example, in 30 states now, we have what's called direct contracts between employer-sponsored plans and providers. We have a group here in Massachusetts that's right. finally trying to get it off the ground. L- less middlemen in the equation, basically. That's right. And transparency. <laughs> hey, and your primary care physician is going to guide you, and you're going to have guidance. They're going to tell you... Hey, uh, Dr. Dixon for a shoulder surgery, not good. Yeah. Dr. <laughs> McNamara, yeah. awesome. And by the way, they're both there at Brigham and Women's. Yeah. And we're going to incentivize you to use Dr. McNamara by waiving your deductible. That sounds way too good to be true, back basically. But it's pretty wow. Okay, so can small businesses get in on this or medium? Where's the scale that makes sense for that? We are doing this for businesses as, as small as two. Okay. Two, two subscribers were doing something of this nature. All right, so take a minute, and uh, I'm a small business owner. I know, I'm clueless about this. Tell me how this works, the advantage. You quiz me. Just tell me how this whole thing works so I can understand it. Okay? So first, you're going to send me your census. If you have 10 or more people on your plan, I want your census, and that census is going to include the name, date of birth, and home zip code for everybody covered on your plan, including okay. dependents. <clears throat> And here's the scary part, Mike. We're gonna, I'm going to send those to the folks who have this technology. I'm, 
it's not proprietary to me. I use underwriters who have this technology. Okay. I'm going to know for... So these are independent companies, basically. That's right. Not named large insurance companies. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. It's not, we're not sending this to Blue Cross uh-huh. or Harvard oh. Pilgrim. We're sending this to an underwriter who has may have access to those networks. Yeah. Okay. And then that's going to that's gonna be a further conversation. The first thing we want to know is, armed with that information, I can tell you, okay, this is what you should be spending on health care in the next 12 months. And... For the same level of benefits that you have, same access, in a lot of cases, more access to the doctors and facilities that you want to use. But this is what you should be paying. And for 8 out of 10 companies, that's 10, 15, sometimes as much as 40% less wow. than okay. what they're spending with their current health insurance carrier. Okay. So now, that and that just starts the conversation. And when I do benefits consulting, particularly when it comes to group health insurance, we want to have a long conversation. Yeah, we oh, don't yeah, want to sure. do this assessment. Your current broker is asking for your census 60 days out before renewal. Yeah, That's so not enough looking, time to have this looking conversation. looking at the health records of your employees? Or they can. Wow, okay. They may be. Well, that, you get what it costs, basically. That's basically what it, what it really costs, right? There's yeah. no fudge in there, basically. Yeah, yeah depending on yeah. the amount of people that you have, we're seeing right down to what's called the CPT-10 code for all of your people, so we know exactly what their health conditions are. Wow. wow. We also know, and this can be important, we know, that, for example, that Mike is a type 2 diabetic, but we also know that he shops at Whole Foods and has two gym memberships. Yeah, and exercises four times a week or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that informs how much. We're not coming back to you with names yeah. in this information. Yeah, sure. We're coming back to you with, okay, these are the conditions you yeah. have. And importantly, maybe we're saying, oh, you know what? You are spending, you're probably spending the right amount with Blue Cross. But the reason you're spending the right amount with Blue Cross is you have 10 people on specialty meds in your group of 100. If we resource those specialty meds, the folks at Blue Cross, the folks at United want to scream, oh, these prices are getting out of control because the cost of these specialty medications are getting out of control. So we have to pass on these 10% increases to you. But if you actually peel apart the health plan and look at the pharmacy benefit management contract that you have... There's a lot of money. There's a reason why CVS now owns Aetna. Okay, yeah. They have the money. And it's simply because of the contract that's written into your health insurance contract with your in your employer sponsored health care. But guess what? Blue so now I think it's tough, San Harvard and Mass General Brigham, they all use CVS as the pharmacy benefit manager. Try calling them and saying, nope, I don't want to use CVS as the pharmacy benefit manager. You're not gonna get it done. So we have to peel it apart and say, okay, we want to rent the Harvard Pilgrim Network, but we do not want to be tied to Express Scripts or CVS. Okay. We want to work with a pharmacy benefit manager that is going to get us those 10 specialty meds for $3,000 a month rather than 10. Yeah. Okay. And oh, wow. by the way, when we do that, we waive the copay for the employee. So this is a, this is news to me. That's good to hear that. So competition is, exists, basically. How are the state insurance commissioners and stuff? They're behind this? or be, not? Are there big lobbies in the way of this? Or how's that going? Sounds like a war. Okay. <laughs> we got about two minutes. Okay. It's, it is, it's commerce, right? Yeah. So enough businesses are saying, okay, do I have, is there, a, is there something different for me out there? So that at some point you say, okay, $30,000 a year family premium is not sustainable. Yeah. And Dixon, if you walk in here with another 5 6% increases, what is that $30,000 yeah. a year wow. premium? That, it's yeah. now $45,000. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we got to do something. Yeah. Oh. So it's starting. Good to hear. Good but to it, hear. Is, it is complicated yeah. too.
Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. All right, we're just about out of time, so take a moment and do a Dixon and Associates commercial, please. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, uh, folks can tell I can nerd out on this stuff, and I'm happy <laughs> folks, to. Folks, he has no paperwork in front of him, no calculators, no notes. I love it. And okay. just went for two hours rambling. <laughs> yep. So I'm happy to sit with you if you want to find me via our website or our phone number is 781-934-0648. Give us a ring, and uh, we'll set up a time to chat and see if we can help you out. Hey, thanks for being with us. It's been great. Appreciate that. Thank you, Mike. All right, folks, we're signing off. My name is Mike McNamara. Have a great weekend.